Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Believe it or not, it's episode 26 for season 2021. Actually, it's technically 27 because there is a special episode that I didn't number. The numbers mean nothing to you, but I wasn't sure that I had produced that many episodes this year, but the numbers don't lie. Question. Do you want to be exhausting to others? Or would you rather other people, they gain energy because they're around you? Let's talk about it. As I hit the record button inside the Yellow Studio, it is... Early, 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 early Thursday morning, December the 16th, 2021. Wake up this morning to news that Urban Meyer has been fired as an NFL coach. How many games? I don't know. Let's look and see. How many games has the guy? I mean, we're... We're more than halfway through the season, but his first his his first year, his first season. That's uh, now I don't know Coach Meyer at all, uh, but he has a reputation. Thirteen games, fired by Jacksonville Jaguars after thirteen games. There has been all kinds of allegations, all kinds of. Well, unsavory photographs and other things. Lots and lots and lots and lots of stories that go way, way back. And lots of stories this year in his first year as a coach in the NFL. But what does this have to do with today's show? Well, quite a lot, actually. Because what we're talking about is behavior. News came out that He had reportedly gone up to a player during a stretching exercise pregame, kicked the player, called him an unsavory name, told him to make his kicks. And I guess that's what did it, you know, of all the things. Hey, I'm glad that you clicked play today. I posted over on the Facebook group leaning toward wisdom. If you're not a member of that group, nothing's stopping you. Just go to the website, leaning toward and click on the Facebook icon. Uh, I posted something that was provoked largely because of the day job and thought, well, I'll just, let's fire up the microphone. Let's have a, let's have a conversation about this. Shall we? You know, you coach people to engage in proper behavior, depending on the situation, reading the room, reading the circumstances. And I find that this is a growing need 
in the workplace. We have seen just this week a number of instances where coaches, sports coaches, have, you know, just behaved horrifically. I'm a big fan of Bob Sutton. Bob Sutton is a professor at Stanford, has written a number of books, and just Google Bob Sutton, Stanford professor, and you'll 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 see the books that I'm likely referring to. Uh, Bob ha- has done considerable research on. Uh, I'll be polite here, and I'll use language that I would normally use, as opposed to language that. Bob has sometimes used to title his books, which I have great appreciation for, by the way, the title and the books, but let's just say, you know, don't be a jerk. And you would think, well, being a jerk, of course, don't be a jerk. I take a couple of watches. Rhonda's got a couple of watches. The batteries had gone dead. So I go to a local jewelry store and I walk in and I explain to the guy, here's why I'm here. And I ask how business is. This is a standard conversation for me. As a business guy, I'm interested in the success of local businesses. I I, I genuinely want these people to do well. And I said, "How's business?" And the gentleman says, "You know, it's it's been it's been really good." And I said, "Great, that's awesome." And so we start talking a little bit about their business and whatnot. He inquires what I do. I give him one of my cards, and I'm not hawking for business, but I explained to him what I'm doing. And I said, well, I said, listen, I, and he was an older fellow too. And I said, you know, you and I are both so old. We've lived long enough to know that being polite is a competitive advantage. And he said, boy, you got that right. And he commented how he had gone to one of the grandkids an open house, something I don't, it, it involved a teacher and the teacher was bragging on this child and how polite this child was. And I said, well, kudos to your family, you know, for teaching this young man. And he's like, you know, it just seems so basic. I said, well, it seems basic to us, but trust me, it is not basic to everybody. That sounds maybe that sounds highfalutin it sounds judgmental it sounds and i don't i don't mean it in that context i just mean i i told this gentleman i stood in front of a group of employees in 1982 and said please and thank you sir and ma'am are competitive edges in the business world that was true in 82 that is even more true in 2021 who'd have thunk it who'd have thunk it not everybody understands situations and manners and not everybody understands not everybody's committed to well to being a a good person or trying to be it's difficult reading a room reading situations is difficult for a lot of people and i'm thinking about all this and so i jotted some things down in a in a facebook post but i had so many other thoughts and i thought okay let's time to fire up the microphone and get this stuff off my chest we can talk about reading a room we can talk about reading a situation we can talk about knowing how to engage with other people 
and getting some sense or some feel of, of what's happening. And that's important. I'm not diminishing that. And we're going to talk about that, but there, there's also another huge elephant in the room and that elephant is doing the right thing no matter what most of you know i'm a rabid ou sooner football fan and up in norman oklahoma i mean the last 10 days to two weeks have just been a a colossal roller coaster ride as old coach lincoln riley leaves suddenly heads to Southern California to become USC's head coach. And within 10 days or so, Brent Venables, defensive coordinator for Clemson for the last 10 years. But prior to that, 12, 13 years with OU, has big ties to Oklahoma. He's hired to come back. Now, Coach Venables has got a pretty impeccable reputation. Here is a guy who's 50 years old and unabashedly will tell people it's important for him and it's important for the people around him to do the right thing all the time. And you can be judgmental if you're an anti OU person and I get it. I would just encourage you. Yeah. Go, go consume a considerable amount of information before you make up your mind that it's all just an act. He was asked yesterday in a press conference about this name, image, and likeness, otherwise known as NIL. It's been in all the, the news because one of the top, if not the top recruit in the country who was planning to sign with Florida state suddenly flipped and he goes to the school where Deion Sanders is the head coach Jackson state. And there's been all kinds of accusations that there's big, big name, image, and likeness money on the line. We have a local kid here from the DFW area who came from South Lake, Texas, goes to Oklahoma, uh, Ohio state. I'm sorry. goes to the Ohio state university. I apologize to you, Ohio state fans abandons his senior year foregoes let's be polite he foregoes his senior year in high school enrolls at osu there's all kinds of numbers being thrown around of the millions of dollars that he was able to get nothing wrong with it by the way so far as i know in name image and likeness and that's why he did it goes into the transfer portal after one year and now has signed with Texas as no you fan. I'm quite pleased by this, by the way, <laughs> but that's another story. And there's all of this, there's just all of this stuff. And it doesn't matter if it's college football. It doesn't matter if it's any kind of sport. It doesn't matter if it's business. It doesn't matter if it's, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter what the sector is, what the space is you will find two things for sure. You will find unscrupulous behavior and you will also find, which is more the point of today's story. You will find people who just aren't able to, to read a situation properly, or I would add to that 
people that aren't even trying to read a situation, they, they just, they roll the way they roll and they're going to roll the way they roll no matter what. One of the radio stations here the other day, they were kind of mocking the training that they have to go through. They are owned by a big media conglomerate. And of course, like most big companies to protect themselves, they put people through training and, and they were playing audio from some of the video that they had to watch in the training. And of course it was, yeah, it was quite, it was quite funny. It was quite entertaining. Uh, as you listen to this and you're thinking, really, we, we're, we're now in a day and age where we need, this is what we need. And the answer to that would be yes, absolutely. Yes. There are people who just flat don't understand that there are some things that you really just should not do, should not say. But I'm thinking about all this and I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about two groups of people in particular, when I write this post yesterday over at Facebook and I'm thinking, number one, I'm thinking of people who everything is just a joke, right? I mean, it's just nonstop levity people who no matter what the situation they are, they are anxious. They are looking to make a joke somewhere and frankly, they're looking to make a joke anywhere they possibly can in the conversation. And I started thinking about this and I started thinking about the people that I'm, I'm, I'm working with and dealing with and some of these situations and how exhausting, exhausting that is to other people. And it set me off one evening when I couldn't sleep, which is most, uh, thinking about okay, do, who gets up in the morning and says, you know what I want to do today? I want to be exhausting to everybody around me. I want to be the, I want to be the guy who comes into the room and just drains all the energy out of the room. Who's looking for that? I don't know anybody who who's looking for that. The other group that I was thinking about were people that just don't. And this was sparked. I, I'll confess how this was sparked. Uh, as many of you know, I, I serve city government. I'm really fond of these people. Uh, these are professional people. These are people who've got tremendous, not just technical skills, but many other skills. And they certainly have a heart to serve because quite frankly, in, in public administration, you could go into the private sector and likely make more money. Uh, I'm dealing with high level leaders and, and they're, they're well compensated, but I'm not going to tell you overly. So they do have a retirement. I can tell you this to die for, well, no, don't die for it, but it's, it's a, they've got good retirement pro at least around here. They've got good retirement programs. Uh, and I'm happy for them in that regard, but some of that work deals with not only how to deal with peers, how to deal with others, uh, how to lead, but some of it, you know, sometimes these people are tasked to present in front of a city council. Now I've witnessed, I, who knows how many city council meetings and interactions with mayors and city council people. And I'm rather fascinated 
at the difference in some of the personalities on some of these city councils. Well, I'm sitting here and I'm watching on YouTube. I'm watching a city council meeting and I'm watching in this case, there happen to be six, uh, and I'm watching these people and they're just rough as cobs. I mean, they are absolutely, they are not interested in listening to anybody. They, when citizens come up to the podium to, I mean, they are so dismissive and they are just, and I'm like, do these people, I mean, what am I missing here? And these are people that range in age from being in their thirties to well past their sixties. And I'm like, I mean, I get that they may feel that they're the smartest person in the room. Maybe they're convinced they're the smartest people in the room, but man, you talk about wearing it on your sleeve. And so I joined these two thoughts, these two ideas that I've been noodling around on together in that what if we just looked at it from an energy perspective? What if we looked at it? Do you give people energy or do you rob them of energy? Are you exhausting to people or are you refreshing to people? And my title at the Facebook post was, do you want to be exhausting or would you rather people gain energy by being around you? Now, I think most of us would, would say, if we're honest, no, we, we, we want people to want to be around us. We want to give people, we'd rather give people energy than, than take it. I've had this conversation for a long, long time. And there are a number of people, you know, there are all kinds of theories as to why we behave the way we behave. And so much of it is focused in recent years on generation. And I grew up hearing all about and seeing on time magazine and everything else, the generation gap. So if you go back to the Vietnam war era, the generation gap was a big, big deal. There's this generation gap. Well, okay. I, I wasn't a teenager. I was just a, a kid, but that's fine. I'll subscribe to the notion that a person is born in a certain time and era and they grow up in a certain way. And that affects that affects their worldview. It affects their behavior. I get it. I, I don't disagree with that, but I think that's way too simplistic. And I happen to think that that's way too, that's way too big of a sweeping generalization. I do realize after all that people who are entering the workforce today, they never lived in a world without the internet. They never lived in a world without some form of social media. They've never lived in a world that did not have smartphones and texting. That's bound to have an impact. I get it. But to dismiss and say, well, that, this, this is why these behaviors, I, that's too big of a generalization to suit me. Because, you know, sometimes my work involves people in their 40s and 50s. So what's your rebuttal to that? You know, and I'm still trying to help clients figure it out. Well, I'm still trying to figure it out and the work, my work, it's all about just trying to help clients figure it out. I'm not trying to figure it out for them. I just want to help them figure it out. Here's what I know. I know this, particularly when you go to people who are constantly injecting humor, people who are constantly have this joking demeanor. 
I've watched this very closely for years and years and years. And people who handle most conversations that way are ridiculously self-focused. 100% of the time, I have found that these people, they are poor listeners and they are either clamoring for spotlight. They want attention or they're uncomfortable and they are masking that discomfort by trying to be funny. Now, as I started thinking about this, it transcends people who are trying to inject humor. And it also happens to be applicable, I think, to some people, maybe not all people, but to some people who have, who behave with that dismissive, I know more than you know, I'm smarter than you are. There's no need for me to listen to you or anything you've got to say. And I find they're one in the same. Same problem, self-focused, not thinking about the group, not thinking about the situation, not thinking about the team, not thinking about the collective, poor listeners, not curious, don't want to understand. And sadly, I watch these situations unfold and you just see how exhausting it is for the rest of the room. And you see how damaging it is to these people who lack the ability to understand that they are being perceived not in a great way. The jokester is perceived as somebody that can't take anything seriously. The smartest person in the room is perceived as somebody who is closed-minded. They won't listen to anything you've got to say. I mean, man, would that I had a nickel for every time that somebody confided in me that the boss, the big boss, if it's not their idea, it ain't going to fly. We've got to work like crazy to make sure that they believe it was their idea. You know, it's the emperor has no clothes kind of thing. And who's going to tell the emperor emperor, you ain't got any clothes on. It's a hard thing. You know, it's not about being grave. It's not about not having a good time. It's not about not being so arrogant and pompous, pompous and filled with hubris, but it is, it's about being able to harness our ability to know when to be helpful and quite frankly, to be committed to the fact that what's the downside to always being helpful. What's the downside to always being helpful and to always working hard to not be be the person who exhausts other people. So I'm having this conversation with somebody about levity and I'm like, well, there's a time for levity, but there's also a time for a sober demeanor. And I began to go through what I call my progression of leadership. This was born many, many, many years ago. Uh, I don't know that I properly titled it, but that's the name I gave it. And that's the name I've stuck with. And my progression of leadership is very simple. It's not real complicated. It's not hard to understand or explain. It begins with humility. That's the foundation of it all. Because frankly, without that, there isn't any progress. Okay. So the smartest person in the room, right off the bat, you're in violation of my progression of leadership. If you lack humility, then you're going to lack the very next thing, which is curiosity. 
I've just never known anybody who had all the answers and who was the smartest person in the room who also engaged in curiosity. You're not curious. If you already know the answers, you're not curious if you know more than everybody else in the room. And I'm fascinated by people who can live their life and not ask questions. I'm fascinated further by people who are happy to ask questions, but they're unwilling to listen to the answers. I don't personally get it, but that's me. So humility leads to curiosity. It's the curiosity that should foster, you would think it should foster more listening than talking. Okay. Enter the person who's always intent on trumping your story. You know, these people, of course, we all know these people you say you, you give some story. Okay. Well, I've got to one up you. Oh, well, let me tell you, let me tell you about something that happened to me. Again, we go back to where's the attention self it's on us hey me 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 look at me look at me look at me listen to me let me be the star of the show and i'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist but there are sometimes i'd i'd give a pretty penny to understand what what's driving this now i'm an introvert so there's that that curiosity if we ask the questions and if we listen to the answers is followed by knowledge because by asking these questions and by listening, I learned some things. I learned some things that I didn't know before that leads to understanding knowledge and understanding are not the same thing. Knowledge is okay. I learned something. Understanding is I get it. I get it. That knowledge helps me now to understand more or understand better. And of course, then the entire progress culminates for me in my progression of leadership in compassion. Compassion is simply defined as a focus on others. And as I began to look at this thing and this, this was born back when I was in my twenties. So this is 40 years in the making or 40 years in the, in the, I should say 40 years in the execution a focus on others. And I very early on realized this is really not a progression. This is really more of just kind of a, an endless loop because it begins with humility. Well, humility, I mean, pretty much is defined as not having a focus on just yourself, a focus on others. And if the culmination is compassion and for me, it is, that's a focus on others. Well, guess what? Every step along the way is a focus on others. Curiosity, asking questions. Can't tell you how many times I've told people, listen, I I know what I know. I don't know what you know. I'm interested in knowing what you know. I also can't tell you how many times I've learned something by asking a question, having no idea what the answer was going to be. And there are so many people that are in the habit of asking questions to try to prove their own smartness. You know, the type, the person who spends three minutes asking a question that could be asked in 15 seconds. Yeah. That person verbose. And there you have it. I mean, the focus on others, I think there you have it. I think there you have the heart of the problem because these people who engage, it doesn't matter what the behavior is. The behavior could be in these two cases that I'm using to illustrate which were the focus of my thinking 
levity on one hand, jokester, everything got to make a joke somewhere, somehow got to try to prove to people that you're as funny as you think you are. And newsflash, you're not, or those people, I'm the smartest person in the room. I know more than, you know, and anything in between that you want to think about. I just realized that people are looking at these situations and inopportune moment after inopportune moment present themselves. And basically, if you want to be exhausting to others, just keep thinking about yourself and just keep focusing on yourself and don't think about the other people and don't read their facial expressions. Don't read their body language. Don't read their tone. Don't understand that sometimes people are having a bad day and you just need to give them a little bit of grace and don't understand that some people, they just don't understand. And maybe you could help them understand. I mean, it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting, right? I see it every week. I hear about it every week. Peers who go into a meeting and they're not vexed by the work. They're not vexed by the challenges at work. They're vexed by the person down the hall who's got some bad behavior, who's got some tyranny in their life, who's got some closed mindedness, who's got their mind made up about something or somebody. That's what they're vexed about. And so I've been thinking about that this whole year for 2021. I can't tell you why that's a theme. It's just. Maybe I intentionally create themes over the course of time every year. This year, I can tell you it's been this. It's been energy management. It's been how can we contribute to one another as opposed to how can we stop exhausting each other? Because I don't know about you, but, man, as we close out 2021, yeah, I'm exhausted. There's some people that are just exhausting, absolutely exhausting. Leaning toward wisdom is mostly our effort to lean further away from our own foolishness. I say it over and over and over again, and I'm speaking to myself. And it's also to know, to know when we're behaving foolishly or when we might be tempted to behave foolishly. Energy draining behavior abounds. Somebody asked me not too long ago about faking it till you make it. And I said, well, I understand and I get it. And I'm not saying that we aren't sometimes guilty of that. And I'm not even, I'm not even going to go so far as to say that sometimes it's not useful. But I'm a big believer in leaning more and more into wisdom, but leaning more and more into who you are. Having said that, I also think that we need to be committed to being the best version of ourselves. And when I say who you are, I often use that illustration. You've seen that quote, I'm sure. And I think it was Einstein who said it, you know, we don't ask fish to climb trees. And so in that regard, I know who and what I am. 
I'm not this outgoing life of the party kind of a guy. I'm not socially awkward. I'm not shy. I'm not bashful. But I look at some of the work that some of these people do. I was watching the athletic director and the president of OU as they were going through the machinations to hire a new coach. And I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, these, these guys, they, they've got an event every evening. They've got events every day. I could not do that. You, could, you couldn't write a check big enough that would make me enjoy that kind of work. It's just not how I'm wired. They are evidently wired for it, and I'm glad for that. But that's where you got to know yourself and lean into being who you are. Now, having said that, there's a way to do that well, and there's a way to not do that very well at all. And for me, my theory is, and I've been able to prove this through the decades, we get too self-focused. And anytime we get selfish and anytime we get self-focused, it is not the best version of who we are. Thanks for listening. My name is Randy Cantrell. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Greetings and welcome inside the yellow studio.